This is Guitar Talk. To me, it just seems like there are endless possibilities. One of the things I like to find out, you know, how people got influenced in the play and the guitar, because stories are so unique. The trick is not to feel pressured to conform. If you know anything about Joel, he's been around the block. He's probably one of the most sought-after guitar players. How would you create that song? How would you turn that song into your song? There's not a guitar player on this planet that I personally don't follow closer. It's it's not something that you see too often. I only know a few players that do it. Now, from the home of the blues, Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Guitar Talk with your host, Jimmy Warren. All right, everybody, Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to Guitar Talk. You know what? Today, you are in store for a great show. Now, I talk to players from all walks of life, from all over the world. And this guy that's on the show today is one of the people that most of them pay close attention to. Yeah, a real, a true player's player. I'm talking about Kurt Fletcher. Kurt Fletcher, uh, you know, he had some downtime during the whole you know, I don't know what you want to call the debacle of 2020. <laughs> we had an opportunity to sit down while he was locked up in a hotel room quarantining, I think. And, uh, you know, we just got to talk about how cool he is. Now, Not I'll tell you what, not only is Kurt a well-rounded, talented musician, he is by far one of the nicest people that I've ever met in my life. He is super, super nice. And I know I throw around the word gracious. I don't know why, but uh, man, he's extremely gracious. And it was an extreme pleasure to be able to spend some time with Kirk and that. So I am not going to jibber jabber too much here. One thing I am going to say is that you need to go to Guitar Talk Official and subscribe to our email list so that you can stay up to date with everything that's coming because typically a couple of days after the audio version of the podcast releases, the video uh, releases on Guitar Talk TV, and we typically try to announce that. So make sure you go there and you subscribe so that you don't miss anything. So with all that said, I'm going to shut up. And we are just going to be joined right now by the amazing Kurt Fletcher. How you doing, Jimmy? I'm real good, sir. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Yeah. Can you see me okay? Is I it can. enough light? Yeah. Okay, great. Amazing. <laughs> How you feeling? I'm doing pretty good, you know, just trying to stay away from everybody pretty much, you know. And um, <laughs> yeah, just say kind of isolated a little bit. I'm in a hotel now. and Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. You would know something. I, I, I've, I've, I've been around the block a little bit. Yeah. I know, I know a lot of players, mm-hmm. pro and, and not pro. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, your name comes up more than anybody else that you can imagine. Oh. I'm serious. There are so many people out there that, you know, you're their go-to guy. I don't know what it is about you, but you got a lot of fans, man. A lot of guitar players out there love you. That's really flattering, and I'm really, you know, humbled by that, really, you know, because 
just trying to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's what you call it, then you're doing a good job. Well, thank you so much. You're doing yeah. a really good job. You know, uh, one question that I like to ask people. Sure. In the formative years of you learning how to play, mm-hmm. what are a couple of things that, that happened or that you did during those years that made you into the player you are now? Well, that's very, very easy. I mean, I grew up playing in my father's church, you know, yeah. and it was like a real, you know, wild, loud, you know, yeah. kind of church. You know, my older brother played guitar. So, you know, it's what you would call on the job training. I mean, you're like, you know, I was like 19 years old doing that, you know, and it yeah. was like, you know, you just go right in. So you just start, even if you're not that good, you just keep going and keep going just right into it. I would imagine it's sort of like um, singers in the church choir. You know, it's like you kind of learn, you know, vocal training and harmonizing and all that kind of stuff right there in the church, you know. So that's really the thing that, and I noticed in the last few years, now that I'm writing my own songs and things like that, that that really is even coming back even more. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what, you know, I used to do in church and things like that. So that's, that was one of the big things for me. Yeah. So, so probably being in that, that live, that live atmosphere from an early age with people better than you, you know, back then, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've heard people say, you know, you need to surround yourself with people that are much better than you. Yeah, because you know, that's what pushes you to be better or even, you know, put you up to on a challenge. You know, like I had many friends even later, you know, that would challenge me, you know, like keyboard players, drummers, bass players. They would like play something. And if it, if you played something that went along with the song and it wasn't that good, they would just be like, that sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Come up with something else. And that's <laughs> like you always stay on your toes, you know, so. Right. Right. Those things, yeah. That's that's really cool. Well, you know, you've gone on to to just do some amazing stuff. I mean, you've you've really come into your own, you know, over the last handful of years. And uh, you know, I, I it's gotta be amazing. It's gotta feel, you know, really good after, you know, as many years as you put into, you know, being the player you are. Yeah, I you know, it's it's crazy because when I signed up for this job, <laughs> I wanted to be a guitar player and I wanted to make music and make music sound good. You know, I didn't know anything. I was totally blind to, you know, becoming a solo artist. I was totally blind to singing. I was totally blind to all that. I just wanted to get in there and make the music sound better, you know, play rhythm and just be a part of something, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I had to really change my, um, you know, whole thing a few different times, you know, going from that, you know, the way I started to singing, writing songs and like playing with bigger artists and things like that. All of this has been different, you know, transitions. And then the computer age, you know, trying to kind of get going with that, too, has been all really uh, challenging at times. Yeah. So, so, so even even where you are today, how much time would you say that you you, know, you spend, you know, still developing, you know, Kurt Fletcher? Well, you know, this is a good question. This is uh, actually a, really a transition for me right now because the guitar 
I've been doing it ever since I was eight or nine years old. So I don't really sit down and work on stuff or learn things, new things and stuff like that. Cause I kind of worked all of this time at trying to get what I want to hear, you know, and the things that I want to say and the kind of feel that I want and the timing and all of that kind of stuff. So now it's just always kind of, you know, just playing something that I like the way it sounds or, you know, just little songs and different melodies and things that are just in my head. But um, I'm kind of going through a transition now of trying to become that songwriter all the time, practice singing all the time and things like that and singing and playing. So I'm writing this thing with all of the things that happened this year and trying to get to a place where I can come out of it, you know, whenever we get back to work with learning something and being a better musician, an all around musician, singer, songwriter, you know, playing and singing at the same time, you know. Right. So, so does the, uh, does the songwriting come easy for you? No, it, 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 sometimes it does. Sometimes I'll write a song and it'll be super fast and then, you know, but it's sort of fun in a way because I've always been a guitar player. So it's kind of fun yeah. to express myself. And yeah. sometimes people, you know, understand what I'm trying to say or they can relate to it. And then I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that's that's where I'm trying to go, you know? Yeah. You know, the first time I heard you sing, I, I didn't know who it was. And I thought it was Michael Burks. Oh, man. Iron <laughs> Man. Oh, man. Your, your vo the, oh, the, man. The tone of your voice is very similar you know the way michael's works yeah he, he was, was amazing he was really i can that that's you know those are some of the kind of people that i aspire to you know like get it down like them because michael burks was such a fantastic singer and guitar player yeah i mean he's just amazing so thank you <laughs> <laughs> well that's just what i thought when i first heard it because yeah michael burks he was amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll never forget the first time I met him was at the Rum Boogie Cafe. Oh, yeah. In Memphis. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I was playing there, and it was cool. during the um, and uh, the Blues Music Awards. Yeah, yeah. The Blues it was at Music that time. And, yeah. uh, and him and his wife were in there eating, and afterwards, when he was going to leave, I wanted to introduce myself. Yeah. And so I introduced myself and I said, you got any pointers? And he goes, you need to keep practicing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was a pretty, you know, straight yeah. ahead guy. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, though. I mean, that was, you know, I appreciate yeah. yeah, he was a great player in that. But uh, so so tell me, you know, um, I see you doing a lot of things that mm -hmm. are like on True Fire in that. Yeah. Doing a lot of lessons and stuff. Do you like to teach? I mean, is that something that you that you enjoy? You like imparting, you know, your your wisdom to other people or <laughs> well, see, I think those two things are different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll explain. Okay. Like, okay. So I don't like to teach. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't think I'm good at it. No, the reason why I don't like it, because I don't think I'm good at it. The yeah. thing that I like to do is sit down with somebody like we're sitting down right now and talk about music and talk about the joy and the happiness from certain records or stuff like that, or a little guitar part or something. Oh man, check this out. Or, right, you know, right. little 
things like that. That's fun. Now, I could do that all day, you know, but teaching somebody a pentatonic blues scale or something like that, because that's so not what the music means to me. You know, the music is like we should be having fun, you know, drinking a beer or something or coffee or something and talking about what we love about it. You know, you might like this player and I might like this player. And we talk about, you know, how they're similar, different, our music, our records or anything. That's that's the most exciting thing for me, you know. But, uh, you know, trying to show somebody how I play or try and have somebody pick up my things, you know, because really the, the records and uh, this music is all out there for everybody. You just have to listen with your ears and your heart and just try and figure out what moves you, you know, it makes you excited. Yeah. I think some people think they can just get it from like osmosis or something. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch Matt Schofield play. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm going to be able to, yeah. It's going to come. It's just going to come. Or take a lesson. And, and yeah. Matt Schofield's been playing, you know, for a long time, right. you know. Right. Yeah. It's, it doesn't work that way. It was like asking BB King or somebody, hey, um, can I get a guitar lesson? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's B.B. King, you know, he grew right. up in Mississippi and went through all of these decades and influenced everybody. Hey, I want to sit down and take one guitar lesson, you know. Right. I mean, I can understand. I'm not knocking that. I'm just not good at it. Right. I would, I would, I do private lessons from time to time, you know, and half of them are incredible it's like you get a breakthrough they understand they ask you questions and all that and then the other thing they're just sitting there because they heard something maybe you played or something they go oh man i want to have a little bit of that in my playing and it kind of blues and what i do doesn't really work like that to me yeah yeah well you know some people some people are 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 cut from that cloth, you know, and, and can teach and love to do it. Yeah. I just kind of figured, you know, from your church background. Yeah. Because, you know, having been in that background myself, I was a music yeah. director for a couple of different churches. Oh, and, cool. And yeah. It's, it's not a, a widely known thing, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, the, the thing that, that from that, from that, uh, part of my life and probably the same with yours, was that it was always about investing into other people, into other things, yeah, yeah. rather than yourself. Yeah. And that because when you come across on camera, like on those videos, and even on just a little stuff you do, just noodling around in that, yeah. your personality comes across like, yeah, you're that guy that is going to sit down and just want to invest in somebody else like that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's been, that's been a blessing and a curse for me. You know, it's your personality. As much as, as much as you would want to think that, oh yeah, that guy is—he's a nice guy, or he spent time with me. Sometimes I'll do this at the expense of myself. You know, I'll be like all into doing that, and like, hey, wait a minute, I need to do a career for myself. You know, too, so I can even help maybe more people or whatever. You know. Right. But, you know, I mean, that's just the way I am. I mean, you probably couldn't beat it out of me. You know, I'm just really invested in the music. You know, I just I, I over this last, you know, year right. <laughs> we've had, I've really thought about what really inspires me and what 
do I do this for? Why am I doing this? And, you know, who am I as a musician and things? And it really boils down to inspiring, you know, just inspiring people. And just like all of these players done for me when I was growing up, I want to be that for somebody else, old or young, you know, just so I started doing YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, they're they're pretty good. And yeah so uh you know one of the things that is uh remarkable and fascinating about some of the, you know uh some of the legends in blues and you mentioned yeah. you know, like bb king and stuff like yeah. that was the simplicity oh yeah you know, the the simplicity in their playing and how it was uh it, it seemed like it was driven from an emotional yeah. aspect of their life and mm-hmm. and you retain that yourself you know, I, you know, you do that yourself in that. Yeah, this is this is where Jimmy Warren just pats you on the back for an hour. <laughs> nah, man. No, but but it is. And so I, I'm guessing that some of the early stuff that really inspired you had to come from, you know, players like Freddie King and BB King Ooh, yeah. and so forth, right? So oh, what, some, what were some of the albums that they did or some of the things that they did that were, you know, influential to you? The crazy thing is this will change every day, probably, you know, the order. But, you know, some things that just come to mind is uh, like Chicago blues. I'm a really big Chicago blues fan. I just something about that that thing, you know, in the 60s, 50s and 60s era Chicago blues. So, you know, I would say Magic Sam West Side Soul would be one and then like you know, like Buddy Guy, um, um, uh-oh, yeah, everything's fine. And then Buddy Guy, A Man in the Blues, Otis Rush, the Cobra era stuff, you know, like all of this stuff. And um, Eddie Taylor on VJ, you know, his solo sides without Jimmy Reed, um, yeah. as well as with Jimmy Reed. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, B.B. King, you know, yeah. like Blues is King, live at the Cook County Jail, and even later stuff, too, you know, Albert King, you know, just yeah. the just all that stuff plus more obscure guys from Chicago. I really like that West Side, South Side thing from Chicago, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I'm outside of Chicago. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh and my first band I was in, my drummer was playing his name was Kevin Johnson, and he was playing with Buddy Guy at the time. Kevin Johnson, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's played with a lot of people. Yeah in that but uh i'll never forget i i I was i was young and i was just starting to play and he would take me up to the city and introduce me to people and it got to the point you know where you start sitting in with people but i'm saying all this to say this because all the guys that i i uh uh hung around with and kind of cut my teeth on were like tyrone davis and buddy scott rib tips and lefty diz and all these south and west side guys you know you're talking back at the checkerboard and Lee's Unleaded and Linda's and that. Those were magical days. You know what I mean? And it's such a shame that, you know, that's pretty much gone. You know what I mean? It's pretty much gone. And I don't know, because I'm not somebody that goes to clubs a lot and stuff like that and is around, you know, the music scene at that level anymore. But it used to be where everybody was – you know, you could get in. You could get into the click pretty easy if you yeah. could play a little bit. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? But now mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot more distance. I don't know if it's because there's so many more players now and everybody's hesitant to help anybody or I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, you know, grew up in LA and there was, when I first started coming out to blues clubs, even, you know, in the nineties, it was a lot of blues clubs, you know, like, because LA is big. So you have, you might have to drive a little bit, but there was a lot, you know, quite a few blues clubs. And that was during the time of, you know, like after like the BB Kings blues club, house of blues was still going on all of these clubs, plus the smaller clubs. Yeah, so it, yeah. it definitely is a lot different. And then, you know, it's this crazy thing. It it seems like, you know, there would be like the artists and they would go out on the road and everything. But when they would be in town, they would go out and see other people play, yeah. you know, and hang out and make the rounds and things. And I really think, yeah, that is that is kind of missing in a way. But I don't even know if there's a lot of clubs for the people that do that at maybe in chicago you know when i go to chicago there are quite a few clubs yeah there's a lot of stuff in chicago i think la is you know it's kind of shrunk quite a bit when it comes to it has that whole area out there has all right you're listening to guitar talk with me jimmy warren my guest is kurt fletcher hey i just wanted to let you know that next wednesday on guitar talk my guest is going to be alan nemo of the band king king if you're familiar with the nemo brothers in the uk and scotland well you'll definitely know who i'm talking about they've got one of the hottest bands in europe doing a lot of great rock and blues rock uh, a lot of blues stuff uh, just a great great uh band so next wednesday right here on guitar talk at 3 p.m. Central Daylight Time with me, Jimmy Warren, and my guest, Alan Nemo. Now, let's get right back to Kurt Fletcher. So, okay, every time I see you play, it's like uh, I don't know what you're playing. I mean, what I mean is is that, you know, sometimes you have a Strat, sometimes you have oh, a yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? What, what's your go-to? I mean, what's... Well, my bass is a Fender Strat just because that's what I grew up playing and what I learned how to play. And what I feel like if I don't know what I have to do, I can grab a Strat and go do it because that's what I'm comfortable with. But, you know, over this time of playing in different bands and things, there are certain guitars that I really like the sound of, like a humbucker guitar, 335 or less Paul for that singing. You know, to me, a slow blues if I had, you know, if like if I could just play a slow blues on a humbucker guitar, I'm like, I just feel like that that's the sound in my head, you know. Right. A telecaster, if I want to play some rhythm on a root C kind of thing, stratocaster kind of for everything to kind of, you know. Yeah. And it kind of goes like that. And then combinations of those things. But that's the reason why I kind of it's always kind of changing, you know, because I'm kind of a one guitar at a time guy. But it might be a Telly, a Strat, or a 335, or a Les Paul, or my Paul Reed Smith, you know. Yeah. So do you, are you going uh, directly in to an amp, or do you go through a board? I know a lot of guys, you know, especially in blues, there's a lot of guys that don't like pedals at all. They just yeah. went straight into an amp. Are you that guy, or do you have a board, you know? Well, see? I don't use a board, really. I mean, other than like a tuner and maybe a little boost on it. But I just yeah. want it to sound like I'm playing loud. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll he's, use he's some effects. 
Yeah, you know, I'll play um, some effects from time to time, maybe a little delay or something like that, but nothing too crazy. But I'm most at home if I'm just plugged straight into an amp turned down pretty clean, you know. And then if I'll, I need to play, you know, something more, you know, where it sustains more, I'll just turn it up or just boost it enough to play more of the modern songs I have, you know. That's about it. Now your guitars, when when you get a new Strat, uh, do you mm -hmm. modify them? Do you do well, I usually, yeah, I usually put big frets on them. You okay. know, I usually put the big frets, and then on a Strat, I used to play a kind of an overwound bridge pickup, but now I don't even do that anymore. Yeah. So you know, if I can get the neck pickup to sound pretty warm, and I use the middle pickup a lot, I kind of like do the reverse of what everybody else does. You know, always, oh, this guy, a lot of guys are playing on the neck pickup. So I kind of stay away from that. I'm always in this thing of doing <laughs> the opposite of what everybody's doing. And that keeps me busy to think about all of the opposite of what everybody else is doing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. That's no funny. pedal board for me. Everybody's got a pedal board. No pedal board for me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know? I, I think everybody goes through phases. So, so, but are you a gadget guy? I mean, because you can be a gadget guy and and not, you know, need that for live. But you know, they like can get in your own little zone at home or in your own yeah. studio. Are you that guy? No, no. no. <laughs> I like guitars. Yeah, I'm a guitar guy. I like like guitars, the beautiful guitars that sound. You know, like a certain tone will make me go crazy or like I'll hear like an old record and I'll hear a tone. And I go, man, I wonder what was he playing on that? You know, and I'll chase the tone, but more from a guitar thing, you know, oh, this one sustains a certain way or it feels good or it, but mainly just the sound, you know, just yeah. the pure sound, no pedals too much, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I think everybody goes through phases. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I do. I, especially, you know, if you're a, a player that's, you know, really into it, you'll go through all these different phases of different yeah. guitars and amps. And, yeah. you know, I, w I went through a phase where I won. I, I really like, of course, the the tone of like Larry Carlton and Robin Ford. The, oh, the, yeah. The humble sure. style tone, you know. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, not having a hundred grand to spend on yeah. an amp. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, my first step was before I started buying some, some amps, you know, that were in that genre yeah. or that, that field, I, I bought, I went out and I bought just about every pedal. Yeah. He considered a D style pedal. Yeah. And I can't even tell you how much time I spent, you know, going through. And after a while, it's like, oh, I couldn't tell the difference from one to another. Well, I went through that too. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely, Got the D-style pedals and um, all of these different things. You know, but I realized live that that wasn't really my sound because I wanted more. You know, I'm one, I'm like kind of have this split personality where I think of sort of like a funk R&B guitar player. Yeah. You know, yeah. gospel funk R&B. And then a blues player like B.B. King, Albert King, Buddy Guy. Otis Rush, I kind of have both these worlds of tones, kind of, and then the Larry Carlton and Robin Ford, which is funny because the Larry Carlton and Robin Ford tone is once removed to me from the blues. Like, yeah. I have live tapes of Larry Carlton playing from the late 70s, and it's like, man, it's just a little bit 
more singing. That's it. This could be Otis Rush's tone or Buddy Guy, you know, Stone Crazy tone, but it's just a little bit more and it sustains a little bit more and that's it, you know? Right. And this is 25 years of <laughs> going around. That's it, man. It takes, that, it takes that long to figure out. Nah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and then the overdrive, the um, Dumble tone, you know, it was just so fascinating, you know, to have that sort of mid-range thing yeah. and everything. But it just, I don't know, it didn't really work for me. I do use that now again, the, um, the Dude pedal by oh, yeah. Rocket. Yeah, I got that and it was really cool, but I use it as a color, you yeah. know, not as a main thing, you know, just as somewhere else to go, you know, right. but I mean, this is at home, like, you know, maybe playing, doing an overdub for somebody on their record or something, you know, just need that kind of. Right. Because, because you've developed your own sound now, right? I mean, people, people recognize you for, for the sound, you know, for your tone and your playing and stuff like that. And it would be kind of, you know, weird to come out and start doing all kinds of crazy stuff, right? <laughs> well, right? I always like to confuse people, but yeah, it's just not me. Yeah. Reverb and loud fender amp is just are you are you using it what a super, a Vibralux? Well, I have a super here uh, in LA, and uh, that's been my main amp for many, many years. And my other favorite amp is a Tweed Basement, 410 Basement. Those oh, yeah. two amps, I mean, yeah. I even mostly like the Tweed Basement more than the super. Yeah. You know, because it seems like I've just had more success with that sounding really great. But my super is different. You know, it's not like your regular super, which is. You know, a regular super. I've I've ran into more supers that I didn't like the tone of. You know. Yeah. Whoops, my computer's doing some weird stuff. Yeah, okay. the, the super's a good amp. I like the uh, Hot Rod Deville. Yeah, those are great. Four tens. I don't know what it is yeah. about the four tens. You know, somebody suggested taking one of the tens out and just using three, and huh. something about uh, some about the. I don't know. He he was going on and on about how much better it was, and yeah, I love the four tens over the two twelves or the one twelve so much more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Definitely <laughs> ran into a lot of those for backline. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fender's it, isn't it? Yeah. So the new album. Tell me about the new album. Well, you know, it comes that time in a man's life <laughs> where he needs to go back to the garden. <laughs> and, you know, this is the record that I couldn't have made before because I didn't I didn't sing yet, really. Yeah. Or well enough to try and do some of this material, I thought. And I didn't write well enough to do this. You know, I want to do a blues record. I want to, um, you know, dedicate it and uh, talk about the people that, well, not talk about, but just, um, you know, that thing that got me really excited about blues in the first place and some of the players and just kind of, you know, dedicate a record to them and kind of get back to my roots about playing blues and what really excited me. Yeah. So, you know, I've done this gig at the King Biscuit Blues Festival in Helena, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I was there and I just, I go, man, what am I doing? You know, like I'm trying to do these like singer songwriter 
kind of, you know, different things. And I like, man, I, I play the blues. That's what I've dedicated most of my professional career to is playing blues and playing with blues musicians. And I really feel comfortable speaking in that that Yeah. language, you know, in that language or whatever. Right. So I just started to just go, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do blues and soul. You know, if I want to go somewhere else or add a chord or something, it's just like, let it be a soul tune, you know? So after that, it seems like I was free to just, you know, make this record and have fun and just play All, you know, from my heart, you know, and not be worried about anything else because I felt more confident because I was playing the music that I feel most comfortable with, you know. So that's really how it started, you know. Well, it's a great album. Thank It you. it sounds great. Of course, you know, the vocals are great, even though it sounds like Michael Burke singing sometimes. That's And a good thing. <laughs> guitar playing, of course, is I, I love this. I even love the work you did. I think you were on uh, a couple of or maybe just one of Tomo's albums. Yeah, Yeah, the Tomo, from yeah. yeah, that was that was really good. I gotta ask you though, you know, Yeah. since you play with so many other people. Mm You know, some of these people are really big. I mean, come on, Bonamas is like, -hmm. Yeah. he's at the top of the heap in, Yeah. in blues rock world and that. How difficult is it to, uh, to cut your own path? You know what I mean? Because I know sometimes going from what's considered a sideman, which I don't consider you a sideman, but some people might, you know, so going Yeah. from the... Well, um, playing with Bonamassa is really easy because we're friends, you know. So he um, hired me to play second guitar for the tour, you know, and I've done different projects with him. So that's really easy for me. I mean, it was just like come out on the tour and play some blues songs, rhythm guitar. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I think I practiced for like a, two days. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then I went out, you know, Yeah. I mean, Yeah. <laughs> you it were was, saying. it was fantastic. And I got to hang, you know, with my friend and the whole band. I mean, we just all just got along so well, you know, we wanted to be together all the time. So that's pretty rare in a band, Yeah. you know, for everybody to kind of hang, you know? Yeah. Right. So that was But fun. But but the transition into now making your own record and that Yeah. it, was that difficult was it hard at all or was it just Oh, natural well, I think it was a slow process, you know, all the way through, you know, because I've been making solo records since like 1999, but right not real, you right know, like right I no think, I know, I know what you're talking about. yeah, Hold On was probably my first official right solo record, you know, the one before this one, because I wrote all the songs, sang all the songs, you know, and everything like that, so Yeah, the transition has been real for a long time because it's, it's crazy because by the time I started singing and everything, there wasn't like excessive touring, Yeah. really. It wasn't like Kurt could play at a club every week or two or three different clubs every week. I mean, I wasn't singing yet. Yeah. You know, so I got all of this experience playing guitar and everything, but the singing... Unfortunately, I didn't see it in my mind. I didn't see the start singing and I, I'm still kicking myself, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I, I would have been way 
farther ahead of the game if I had started singing sooner because I would have had way more gigs to practice and things, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it was a it was a transition. It was just a slow thing, and it's still going on now, but I'm finally, this last record, I'm finally starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel and go, man, well, I found my voice now. I, I, I want to play blues and write songs and keep with the tradition and I can do everything that I used to have fun with like Kim Wilson, Linwood Slim, Charlie Musselwhite and all that. I can do that for me now. Yeah. You know? I yeah. feel myself having the confidence to sing and do all of this fun blues stuff. So, so did you, did, did you have, did you take any lessons, vocal lessons? And no, or, I took, or you just I, go back to church? I wish. No, <laughs> I went, I went, um, I did take some vocal lessons, earlier on and that's funny because i'm gonna i'm scheduling a vocal lesson in the next couple days actually with a friend but uh not as much i I did from time to time but there are some things that i want to kind of get better at and really i know a lot of it she's gonna say probably that it's a lot of repetition in in everyday singing and and you know stuff like that that's probably the biggest thing that i want to do you know yeah. So when uh, when you decided that, you know, you wanted to go that route, was there mm-hmm. was it a fear that I, yes. I don't know if I could do this or was it your vocals weren't strong enough or was it a all of that? Of all of it. Yeah. All of the above. But people like uh, Nick Curran, my old bandmate in the Fabulous Thunderbirds, Gary Clark Jr., um, different people like that I would see in Texas, you know, when I would spend time there in between tours with the fabulous Thunderbirds, I would stay with Nick Curran and just to see him be his own man, see yeah. Gary Clark Jr. in early in his career, be his own man. Yeah. Those were the things that really start to inspire me to try it. Yeah. You know, yeah. just all of these people around me writing a set list and they're getting ready to get up on stage in front of a band. I was like, man, okay. So if I can try and sing, I can be my more my own man than just the guitar player with the singer, who they're still kind of the front guy of the band. Right. So yeah. so now so now if you had an opportunity, you know, to go back on tour with Bonamassa or you know, to front your front yourself yeah. and do your own thing, I mean, is it hard to make a choice? Oh, I would probably just do my own thing now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm like, I have to really dedicate a lot of time to where I want to go, yeah. where I, what I want to do, you know, because really, I mean, like in the blues world, I feel like almost I have to carry on the torch in a way of a particular style of blues, you know, like a, you know, paying homage to the, the older generation of blues as well as keeping an eye on what's going on now and making it, you know, approachable, making people be able to understand it now, you know, having the history and also, you know, cause a lot of people are doing that in other kinds of music, jazz and R and B and stuff like that, or roots music, country music and things. So I really feel like, blues music the way i like it is very exciting and people go to hear it live and they kind of understand it you know so i really think that is my mission to kind of do that in a way that's really, 
that's really cool. Well, the I, I think that the the genre is in need, you know, of people to do that. You know, it really is because I mean, let's just you know, let's just be honest that the the day's going to come when you know there there is no buddy guy or you know uh, unfortunately you know the few Bobby Rush the few people that are left you know the yeah. old the you know the ones that have been around a long time inspiring everybody and uh yeah the generation coming up you know a lot of it is more rock than blues you yeah. know which which I, cool, I dig, which i dig you know yeah. but but you you know you want you want the the real thing to be preserved as well you know yeah and you know i think this also goes along with record production the way the records sound giving it the same you know thing that production that you would give a pop record or r&b record you know being able to play your blues record alongside any other record you know i think those are things because when you listen at muddy waters or t-bone walker or somebody like that you go wow this is timeless this, yeah. this sounds timeless you know it's from a certain era but it's still beautiful and right. organic and you know it's got all the earthiness you know so i i really feel that this is an important thing you know like on my last record I was really inspired by the 80s and Robert Cray and, you know, like some of the 80s kind of records. So I really went with that kind of production value and playing Chicago blues, but with that certain sound, yeah. you know, because yeah. I just think that's important, too, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, at, at the time when when Muddy Waters and then when those were on the radio, it was on the radio with everything else. You yeah. Know, was no. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. Newsville and Tom Petty. Absolutely. Yeah, no. Absolutely. You know, but who knows, you know, five years from now, there could be a Kurt Fletcher channel. You never know. <laughs> I'll be playing some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you can go through those phases, you know. But, you know, I think, too, it's about, you know, marketing and the way you market things and, and really being true to yourself. I think right now is a time when people really want something that's real and something that's true and, yeah. you know, something that's just heartfelt and telling a story, you know. So if you can market that in a way and not just say, oh, this is a little blues community and this is just the little thing you can do. it. if you could just think about the big picture and think about selling it to whoever is going to dig it, yeah, and it's a whole different ball game, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah, because you know, there's been guys that have taken the blue. Hey, you just mentioned Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, Gary's taken it to a completely other level, you know. Yeah. Even though he does some other stuff in that, but yeah, it's cool. You know, yeah, it's all cool, you know, because uh, everybody knows he can play the blues. You know, he's, yeah, he's a great player. Yeah, yeah. So I tell you what, Kirk, I'm not going to keep you no longer because I. <laughs> I can see you're probably chopping at the bit to eat some lunch or play the guitar. Oh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, though. You know, I'm, I'm always this, this. I'm in my happy zone whenever I can talk about music and talk about, you know, yeah, my career. That's cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it's real. I get so many people that have emailed me, you know, because I put up a little announcement that you were going to be on the show oh, you know, after the first year. I've had so many people, you know, reach out to me in that. Oh, so, my dog's barking. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's about like this big. <laughs> Makes a lot of noise. But anyway, Kurt, oh, okay. I appreciate it. This has been oh, a- I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. All right. Stay safe. I'll do my best. You All too. Right, we'll- All right. We'll see you out there. Bye. All right. We'll see you. Take care. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kurt Fletcher. I want to thank Kurt for participating in this episode of Guitar Talk and for putting up with my wife's uh, yapper, that yapping dog that got loose. You know, my studio's in my home. I can typically separate everything, but for some reason, this thing escaped. (laughs) And you can hear it barking there at the end. But anyway... You want to go to KurtFletcher.com. His music's all over the internet at all streaming services. Please support Kirk. And once again, thank you to him for being on the show. Next Wednesday, my guest is Alan Nemo from the band King King uh, in the UK. A great, great band. I don't think they've put out a bad album. I don't think Alan's ever done anything bad musically in his life i love the music with him and his brother the nemo brothers him and stevie uh one of my favorite bands over from that way and the whole king king thing you know taking the blues blues rock thing into a little bit more rock is just been it's been uh a great thing i've really enjoyed it so he's going to be with us next wednesday do me a favor follow me at jimmy warren radio on facebook and also uh Elsel also <laughs> Jimmy Warren on Twitter and Instagram and then uh, subscribe at guitartalkofficial.com so you don't miss anything. Now, if you want to see the video version of this interview, it will uh, appear on Guitar Talk TV in approximately two to three days. So make sure you're watching out for it there. And of course, there's so many other things that you can watch on Guitar Talk TV and all the archives for all of our shows are right there at guitartalkofficial.com. Until next Wednesday with my guest, Alan Nemo from King King. I'm Jimmy Warren with Guitar Talk. Y'all have a safe week.